getting at this, talking FIBA basketball. They released the next round brackets. We got a lot to talk about. Canada, Australia. How you doing today, bro? Man, I'm doing good, man. Just uh, making sure everything is set up here. But uh, I'm excited about this bracket. What do you got, man, for the bracket? I mean, I feel like... I don't got it in front of me. I, what I know is we got two games for us as Thunder fans. Okay. Can, Canada fans, Australia fans. We're talking Friday is a big game for Australia. They're playing against Luca and all of that incredible Lithuania, right, Dave? Am I saying that right? No, got no, no. It. It's Serbia. Serb- they're playing Serbia first? Got it. Do- dude, hold on one second. We got to get our, a, our pictures, bro. Pictures. Here's the best part, guys. We don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> and so we get to all figure it out together because honestly. Yeah, Slovenia, man. They play Slovenia first round. That's right, dude. Why is that Corey and George? Slovenia, dude. This is embarrassing. Anyway, um, so they play Slovenia the first round. We're talking Friday. And then um, Australia. Somebody help us out here, guys. We're- so Australia plays Slovenia first round. And then okay. if they win, they play Germany. And Canada plays um, exactly. They, they play Brazil. Br- Brazil. No, no, no. Uh, they play Friday Brazil. That's what I got right here. Oh, they play Friday Brazil. Okay. All right, man. <laughs> this is so funny, dude. All right, dude. Um, and then I have Sunday. It all up here. I'm just getting. Yeah. Sunday. I'm I'm looking down the list here. Canada plays Spain. Okay. And Australia plays Georgia. Wait. Okay. So Brazil lost a game though today. And Spain didn't lose; they won. So Spain's three and zero. Brazil's two and one. So that's the other way. Spain is going to play against. Here's the problem: we don't know what we're talking about. I'm just looking at this list that FIBA produced. Spain's going to play against uh, Latvia, and Canada is going to play against Brazil. Are you sure? Because this—that's not what this says right Brazil here. Brazil is two and one, and Spain is about to win, and they're two and zero right now. So they'll be three and zero. I know what you mean. But can't argue with the Google. Ah, what's up, Shane? How you doing, man? All right, so we're Either halfway way. there. Either way, what we're going to say is this. Friday <laughs> and Sunday, we want to be here to talk about the game, live stream mm-hmm. the game. Not live Have stream, some fun. but just, just call it, man. How we see it. Hang out with you guys during the game. Anybody who wants to jump on can join us. Um, that's it, man. Not much more than that. Like, we want to... Ride this FIBA wave for as long as it goes. Yeah, man. And it's always fun, like, having George there in the morning um, to watch. Uh, was it like 4 a.m.? God, it was so early. 3 o'clock for George. But uh, it's just it's nice to be able to um, connect with everybody on that level. And getting on here is not for everybody. Um, it's, it's, you know, it takes a certain person to be able to jump up here and, and put your face up here. But the reality is, is that we always want that available for you guys. Um, all you guys got to do is just ask for the number and we'll throw it up there. But the reality is, is that where Mark and I are at and what we're trying to do for this Oklahoma City Thunder team is really just support them all around. And we're seeing what's happening in FIBA right now. And you're starting to see all these people like Bleacher Report and um, Simmons. Uh, Bill Simmons came out and saying that uh, Shea was the best player in the world right now. You know, like I, I hate Bill Simmons, guys. I fucking hate Bill Simmons. But, but I like it when he talks like that. But when he says stuff like that, I'm like, hey, hey, you know what? I could put my arm around Bill for a minute or two. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. People are like, like trashing him. Like, what about Luca? What about Luca? And like, I, I get it. I get it. But he's talking all around players, guys. Defense, offense, 
rebounding, assists, like all around. And he's just calling it the way it is, and I like it. So, yeah, obviously, Giddy's got a chance to go up against Luca, which to me, when I look at guys who. What? Just saying hi to the chat. My bad, man. My bad, my bad. All right, so Giddy going up against Luca to me is a matchup that I want because I've been talking since I first saw Giddy play. Like, he's elite in his ability to cross court, like, use the cross court pass. And the guy who always reminds me of in that way is is Luca. And that's the most important pass um, pass in basketball. So those Bro, guys going head to head, really, right. the youth, the future, Shea being in there, like this is going to be exciting. We're already like blown away by how much fun we've had with FIBA, and getting two teams moving on to the next round is what it's all about. So, yeah, we're we're amateurs to the FIBA game, but we're not new to basketball. Um, we've been watching the NBA our whole lives, so we're here to learn it as it goes. Because we, I don't know what else to say. Like we're open to every element that comes with this new game. Um, one of our Listeners has been at the games um, and sitting behind the um, the stand um, the bench in Australia bench and um, has gotten to know or know has known for a while Patty Mills' dad. They've talked amazing. a lot about the um, passing of the torch from Patty to Josh Giddy, and he um, he said that's something that's actually been talked about in the locker room. And it's great to get information like that, knowing like this is this is a really really big deal for the future of, of the green and gold. Yeah, man, no, no doubt, and it's it's exciting, man. And what's up, Jaden? I appreciate the love. Um, but you know, for me, I, I get to see, and we we get to see uh, Josh just take over right now, and it's a special thing because the thing about it is, is that when you see a, a player like Josh who has the size and the capabilities, it's not about scoring. You know, like Lucas comes to the game and he, he's all about scoring and, and, and doing all the other great things. And, and there's nothing wrong against a player like Luca. Um, but he is going to touch the ball 75% of the time. Coming down the court, the ball is going into his hand. Any offensive play, it first touches Luca. The thing about that is it's, it's great. But when you look at the way that we run our offense and the way that we get to Shea in that offense, I mean, we, we, can, we can say it the way we want. Like, Shea scores 32 or 32 points last year. And I think we, he touched the ball in 55, 60% of the possessions on plays. That's huge, man. You know, that means that like we're, we're capable of scoring and doing other things from different positions. And we still weren't healthy last year. So what's happening and what's going to continue to happen for this team is, is truly exciting. And I'm, I'm totally pumped this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to see these guys go out and individually become some of the best players in the world, they already were, but um, to be see like Giddy and, and Shea to be in like different situations than we see with them on the Thunder, it's so it's so rewarding because we know they're going to come back and be better players within the Thunder um, offense and defense and understand like what they need to get done. Hmm. But ultimately, that's not what this is about right now. And you know, watching them really bring out the best because. Above anything, like these guys want to represent their country. That's the pinnacle of you know the, right, the sport man. to them. So we get to see them dig deeper and you know go harder and recognize that this is this is the future of the not just the players and not just their country's um, basketball tradition, but ultimately it's the it's what's going to lead the youth in the future. Uh, one of our listeners said that um, his kids, all his friends are all Thunder and Giddy fans because of what's taking place all across Australia. And the movement it's has huge, just man. started. 
And this is like, this is not just a metaphorical, you know, changing of the guards or passing of the torch. Like this, we're actually seeing it physically happen. And oh yeah, for Patty Mills to go out and put up what, like the first 14 or 17 points against Germany, like what he's showing there, I think to Josh Giddy is like in international ball, you don't wait, you go attack from the get go. You don't let the game come to you. You got to play aggressive from the minute the tip off. And this is his, you know, his great chance to show as the second leading scorer in, you know, international play for Australia history. Hey, Josh, this is how you're going to become number one in every statistical category for Australian international basketball, because he's that good. He's that young when he's gotten that good. And like, it's his torch to carry as far as he can take it. And he's going to take it further than anybody's taken it before him. Man, this is why I love Australian basketball. This is why I love basketball and and FIBA and World Cup and all that other stuff in general. I mean, soccer, rugby, it's all powerful because you get to this point where you have a mix of old guys and young guys. You know, like Josh Giddy, he tried to take over in the first game. I think they got down double digits, right? Zero points, double digits down. Didn't know what to do. Having trouble figuring it out. What happens? Patty Mills says, I got you, motherfucker, scores 13 points in a row. Right? And at that point, I was like, man, Patty still got it. Patty still got it. But he showed Josh the way. And then Josh scores 14 points in that game, gets close to triple-double, scores 17 points in the second game, and just puts up 26 points in the third game. And it's quite obvious what's happened now. He finally figured it out. You know, FIBA is slightly different than the NBA in the aspect of the way they play defense and the way they call games and all that other stuff. And it, it, it's ever so slightly. It's more but, like college. It's a lot more like college in that. Yeah. But when you're 20 year old, it, it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. You know, like these, these are the things that really you have to take a step back and understand that like it, it's just, it's powerful, man. Like to me, like to see how good Josh is and how good people think Josh is right now, like is the best part of what's happening in Oklahoma City because. Like, yeah, he's on the you know front lines with Shea right now, you know, as just unbelievable players. But the reality of what we're talking about is there's much, it's much deeper in Oklahoma City. You know, like, because J-Dub and because Chet aren't there, people don't really know the, the depth of it. You know, Dort hasn't particularly played very well, and he hasn't played at all in the last couple of games. You know, like, that's fine. All these guys combined, though, that's what people are starting to get get and understand. And I think that's why there's this excitement. And, and I, I talked about the other day um, about somebody, you know, a couple of people stopping me, one in North Carolina and one here saying, hey, nice shirt. I like your shirt, right? And then we had a, a fan say that he has the complete opposite. Like he went and, and they, someone was kind of making fun of him. Listen, if you go to a city or a state that has a team, right, that's like the 76ers or anything else like that, I promise you, you're going to be like thrown under the bus. They're going to hate you. Because if you think about how a, a team like the Oklahoma City Thunder have gone from zero to 100 like they have, you get frustrated. Because you look at teams like a Minnesota that's like, hey, we made the playoffs. And the Oklahoma City Thunder is like, yeah, we just made the playoffs and we're the youngest, second youngest team in, in NBA history. I mean, that's frustrating for a team like Minnesota or a team like Orlando that's been rebuilding for like 15 years or you know, the, the Detroit Pistons that, you know, haven't been relevant since, um, well, exactly, you know, so, you know, you just, you get to that point where it's just like, right. And, and, and that's why for me, you see the Oklahoma City Thunder and not everybody's going to be fans of them, but the people that know what's going on and can smell it and can see it in FIBA, 
They all know that the Oakland State Thunder are for real. And it's nice. It's fucking great, dude. It's great to watch. And I'm excited about the next round. Um, I anticipate we're not going to have a nearly as good of a record as, you know, what we have had. We're at five and six in international play right now as Thunder fans. Um, yeah, I'm doubting that's going to keep going because uh, the talent pool, like I saw Andrew Gaze talking about it as it shrinks or the, the pool of team shrink, the talent pool increases and it becomes more difficult. And this is going to get to the point where we realize like teams, these teams need Jared? some work. There are some, these teams are both teams that we're cheering for are new kids on the block when it comes to um, the, the people who are leading this team. And there's more support, I think, obviously with the team Australia, but I think team Canada is more ready right now. And we're going to see, you know, which one um, ends up kind of winning out that way. But in the end, it, it really could be neither, you know, it could be the U S um, they're clicking right now, but I, I think I, I'm still leaning toward them not being the team that wins it all this time. Like I'm just, I'm still leaning toward that and I'm, I'm going to double down on my bet on Australia and Canada. Yeah. I, I still think that the U S will make it to the, the final four on the semifinals game. Um, but um, whether or not they are able to beat Canada or I forget what team they'll have to play. So they play Montenegro next. I mean, that's not going to be easy, is it? I mean, they'll win by 25. I mean, but that's like since since we started talking about this USA team, it's not been, you know, we we didn't care about the group stage. We didn't care about the first, you know, knockout stage. You know, we didn't care about the second knockout stage. We cared about you know, the quarterfinals and semifinals, that's when the U.S. is going to have trouble and that's when they're going to be tested. So I just don't know how, you know, that will all go, who they'll end up playing. But, you know, like, once it comes out, I'll have a better understanding. That should be out tomorrow. And, and I'm telling you guys, like, the USA team is a good team. They are. And I'm not talking trash on them. I just think that they were put and they were designed in a way that doesn't really fit what FIBA and the World Cup are, are, people are playing and the design that they're playing. If you look at Latvia and the way that they shoot and spread it out and play physical on defense and cause problems like that's going to cause a team like the U.S. some issues. Slovenia. I mean, we can go and we can talk about Canada and Australia, like all these teams that play that type of style of ball. It's going to be an issue, you know, like spread out, shoot, get up and down the court. Like, yes, I get it. Like you have a team like the um, the USA team, but you get a guy like Ant and some other guys that aren't scoring properly and that aren't putting out the output. And they start getting to their bench and they start, you know, like leaning on Austin Reeves to be their best score out there. Like it's not nothing against Austin Reeves, but you're in trouble if you're, you know, leaning on Austin Reeves to be your leading scorer on that team. Well, I just thought that they moved on Brandon Ingram to the bench and they started Josh Hart. And I'm like, man, that like, no, dude. if you rank the players, I mean, I like Josh Hart. I really do think he's a good NBA player. I think he's a good role player. You got to have good role players. Um, but. Like, I really think Brandon Ingram is... I think it's a minutes thing. I know. It's also, like, the usage way. You know what I mean? Like, But I just... I feel like he's one of the top, for me, like, three or four players that I saw when the roster was built. And for me, Ant wasn't and (laughs) still isn't really that, like, that level of player. So, I think they're making a mistake building around Ant. I like Mikael Bridges. I like Austin Reeves. You know, I I like... I love Austin Reeves. I love the fact he's from Oklahoma. Just if he is your leading scorer on your team USA team, you know, like I, I just think you have to take a step back and be like, okay, like what's going on here? 
You know, like, is there something else that needs to be addressed? And it, again, but this is we're doing not it, against, bro. We're I think he's, I think thing. he's a top 20 point guard or uh, not point guard, but 20 top 20 guard in the, the league, you know, like Austin Reeves is a phenomenal guard, but you know, like it's just not where the, the, the USA team needs to be. They need to have somebody over there. That's a true fucking leader that's been in the league for 15 years that can, you know, help motivate this team. And all right, Matthew. KD's not playing. <laughs> I'm going to say it, and then I'm just going to leave it there because every time we get into this dirt, people get mad at us. But Matthew, so I Matthew. do not think building around Ant is a good idea. I think it is, in fact, a bad idea. But, Dave. Man, what's up, Matthew? You save our asses before we no, get in trouble again, dude. I, I want to say this you with Matthew. crucified by every single Western Conference team fan base. First of all, it's been a while. I really appreciate you coming back. But I want to say this, is that if you don't have any other option but to build around Ant, right? You do what you can and you do the best that you can. And that's as simple as that. Like if Ant is that your best player and that is what it is, then that's fine. Like everybody needs a Tracy McGrady. Like oh, a short he's, Tracy McGrady. He's great. He's great as the third best scorer or the second best scorer, but he's never going to be like maybe in a couple of years in his career, he'll be the best scorer on the team and dominate the NBA like that. Maybe like in Tracy McGrady. But like the point is, is that like he's he's never going to be that person that's going to be able to score big time when it truly fucking matters because of the way he plays. He needs to get better in he's getting okay, to his Matthew. third and fourth gears. He's he's not so nice. I he's all right. Like he's just not. Oh, not it. All right, Matthew, you're a Spurs fan. Like, would you rather build around Ant or Victor? I know exactly, dude. Don't I mean, like even, to me, like, like, like it's one or the other because Ant is the ISO. Victor is going to be a team player. Like, you got one way or the other. So for me, I'm looking at it, and and Victor is the man. Ant is going to be the one that everyone's like, well, he was blank, blank, blank. But do you really right. want to pay him $260 million while he's back at his career, dude? They're going to compare Ant to Mello. Again, Mello did great things. He went to the great Western things. Conference. Very and nice. Once in a while. But like, you want to build around him? I think history taught us lessons on that. It's just, again, I would, I would lean towards building towards the new NBA. Right. You know, like, it, and it's nothing against Ant. Again, it's building towards what the new NBA is That's building all. towards. That's and all. It's better, quicker, more intelligent versions of ants. Or not ants. Um, cat. You know, like seriously, like seven foot two, seven foot one shooters can get to the hole. Like that's what the new modern NBA is like. And it's crazy to me. So you go all in on. A guy with a, a upside, like like 24 points a game or whatever he did last year, that's great. If he even gets a 28, but he's not going to do it shooting 40% from three. He's not going to do it shooting high clip, except for like when he's finishing at the rim over smaller guys. Like yeah. his mid-range game isn't that nice. Like he's just more athletic and stronger than everybody. And on a long enough timeline, that's going to end up wearing out. Now his yeah. body frame and everything, it projects like it could be at least a decade before he you know wears out. But... At the same time, like I'm just for what Dave's saying, like I if I'm looking to build, I'm building like pieces like chess pieces, and he feels like a checkers piece. So that's it. Yeah, Dave, we, got, we did it. We were like, don't do this about Ant anymore. Let's just talk how much we love Giddy, how much we, we love but, Shay. But it's it's okay so because now we're like, rolling that's in the mud. 
that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the young 20-ish or under 20, let's say under 22 players. Like you're talking about building a new team in the NBA and Ant is under that. And he's 21 years old or 22 years old. He's getting paid $260 million. And to me, I just, I, I yeah. take a huge step that's back fair. when I have to pay for a young player yeah. that big that hasn't truly like shown what he's going to be. And I would rather pay that money to a player like Victor or a player like Chet. You know, like, I'm sorry, I just would. And even though they wouldn't have a career yet, I would just be like, I'd rather build around this player, a certain player. And there's, and you look in like players in the recent history of the league, you would pick like James Harden over Ant. I think I would, you would pick like a historical player, like um, Dame over Ant. And you go down the list and you can't go out and have those like multiple guys like that when you're paying Ant 220. Like you've got to find a way to build out through a different route and he's smart Minnesota. They had, I think five number one picks in a short time frame, or maybe Cleveland did that or something like, like these teams, they don't know what they're doing. And yeah, Ant's nice. Like that's good. Like good for him. You know what I mean? He should Again, be, he needs to be, but listen, I would, I would take Ant on my team if he was up, the Niner? third best player, you know, yeah. like I would take Ant on my team if he was the third best player, you know? And, and that's the thing is that like, if you're saying that, then you say, well, yeah, okay. I'll take Ant too. Yeah. Yeah. But you're paying him $260 million. So then you're like, well, do I really want to give them? I mean, would you take Ant over Giddy? I wouldn't. No way. Would you listen, take Ant over Giddy? No, like, listen, I, not in a million years at this point, and, their careers, and they're the same, same age practically. And, and here's the thing. And the reason I say that is because Josh Giddy's first contract, his big contract, right? isn't going to be $260 million. It's not going to be ant money. It's just not, you know? So even if it's $210 million, that's $50 million less than ant. So like from my point about that is, is that Josh is more of a team player. We play team basketball. That's why I look at this team and I say, I wouldn't rather, I would rather have um, J-Dub. I would rather have Josh Giddy. I would rather have Shea. I would rather have Chet. Um, I would rather have those guys over. I would even rather have J-Will <laughs> over ant. Right. You know, like, I, I'm sorry. Like, I, I see Jay Will as being, like, the future big man for the future. And right. I think that it's silly That's, if we have to sit here and, 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 you know, talk about, like, just the future of what's happening with this team. But I love it because if we're comparing our team versus this team or that team, the Spurs, like, we're so much further down the road on our rebuild than a lot of these teams that are in this, like, are we rebuilding? Are we not rebuilding? Are we winning? Are we not winning? You know, and it's the Minnesotas. It's the the Pelicans. It's like, what's going on here? And that's why when we look at this, this year and we look at the team, like I, I truly think 50 wins is plausible, you know, like and, and 50 plus wins is completely plausible because if you look at the way that this team is structured, the depth of it, the idea of what's happening and there's just nobody else designed like this right. in the NBA. Would you rather an uh, undersized shooting guard or an oversized point guard? Like, I'm not saying that like these guys don't have game because the game does matter, right? But I'm saying like if you're building and these guys are in their early 20s and you say like, who is going to be better if they're both elite at their position early? Yeah, I would say yeah. that the guy that had the the physical advantage over people in his position would definitely have a longer career projected. Yeah. And so I understand like Ant is definitely a more polished player. Like it was seen as a reach to pick Josh Giddy at six and Ant was a consensus number one in a weak yeah. draft. Well, be it, but like a sure. lot of like, I don't know if he's consensus, but it was pretty widely regarded as number one pick there. And 
I just think like looking at trajectory is so important. We do the same thing with J-Dub. We do the same mm. thing. Like look at where he was when he entered college. He wasn't even highly recruited at all. And now he's know, the 12th dude. pick in the draft. Like, I know. These things matter. So I get it, but we're not always apples to apples here. And the, the key for us is like when you look at it, it's about like, if Ant is going to be your best player, that's fine. But if, yeah. if you're talking about a point guard and we're like, well, we do really expect Giddy to be maybe not our best player, probably not because we got Shea. Maybe not our second best player because honestly, like you could see either Bro, Chet but or J Dub being why, a higher. Player. Why are you putting? Why are we? Holy shit, Niner man! I appreciate that, dude. Um, wow, man! Thank you. Yeah. Um. Why? Why are we putting these guys like that? Like my point about this team, right? Is this is why I love the team, guys. All right. Yeah. Think about this. You've got um, Shea. He's your leader, right? And then you got your four. Guys, you guys can call them the Ninja Turtles. You can call them whatever you guys want, right? And those four guys are simply designed to support Shay the best way they can possibly do it. That's right, T. Damn, dude. Uh, just appreciate it, Niner. Niner. Seriously, we gotta, man. We got to get you on here sometime with us to hang out, man, for real. Seriously, give us a call in here for real, dude. But again, I just, I just, I'm so stoked about the, the, the way this team is structured. And it's so perfectly fit around Shea. Like, you can do this, you can do that. And I, I'm just, I'm excited, man. I'm excited about the, the future of this team. So, Man, we, we love you guys. Um, stunned by the support, Niners. Stunned by everybody who continues to show up. Um, we love FIBA. We love this team. And, uh, man, there's so much going on. And we're just so excited. We love you guys. Can't wait, man. Can't wait for the next one. We'll be here. Hopefully tomorrow. Definitely doubleheader on Friday. Mm -hmm. Definitely a doubleheader on Sunday. We don't know the times yet, but we'll probably take Saturday off, something like that. We'll see how it goes. We'll Never let know. you guys know the schedules. So shout out once again to Niner and all the love out there. We love you guys. We'll see you next time. Peace out, guys.